Welcome to This Marketing Show, hosted by award-winning B2B sales performance coach, Rick Lambert, who has been selected by many of the world's most recognized companies to help them market and sell to win. Let's join Rick now. Hi, I'm Rick Lambert. Welcome to This Marketing Show and meet today's guest, Keith Dobman, who's with My Architectural Glass, a division of My Shower Door. Uh, one of the best on LinkedIn. Look, if you don't follow this guy, you might want to check out what he's doing. Now, regardless of whether you're in the glass business or not, Keith's a powerhouse on LinkedIn. I'll ask him how that's working for him in a second. And then we'll get into today's topic on the fear of loss and how that could be very effective for you as a sales or marketing person. So Keith, thanks for joining us today. Let us know what you're doing on LinkedIn and how it's working for you. Uh, thanks for having me, Rick. LinkedIn has catapulted uh, not only my sales, but my teammates' sales because of the reach that we're able to get in such a short period of time. And in particular, uh, the videos. When I first started, I was extremely uh, shy, I guess, or uncomfortable just seeing the camera go on. I was okay with pictures and that was okay. But when I started doing video, that just poured gasoline on everything. And I haven't really gone back since. I do other stuff for fillers, but the baseline of the LinkedIn is by far the video. So, you know, we, we've had tons of people come through our LinkedIn bootcamp or coaching people now on shooting, you know, selfie sales videos. Uh, Keith, you post, you know, multiple times, sometimes a day. It may be heavy for somebody, but um, you've talked uh, to me previously about how the videos have helped you build trust with a customer before they actually meet you. And then you went to a conference. Maybe you could speak to those two things. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it's been widely talked about in sales. Uh, before a customer is even willing to collaborate, that they need to trust you. And usually that trust requires several touches before the transaction is actually closed. And the beauty thing about doing the video is you're kind of subconscious, innocuously starting to get those touches before you even have an interaction with the customer. So you're already building trust and rapport before we even meet, which means I have a much higher likelihood of closing on that first face-to-face -to -face touch versus having to start doing the follow-up after that. And that type of marketing through the LinkedIn has been amazing for our closing ratio and actually also filtering out who we actually want to do business with. We're, 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 able to, we're getting so many leads that we're able to qualify which ones we want because of the videos and who's, who we can see who's following them, then drilling down further into our profile. So there's some really good analytics there. But and, even and more importantly, the branding. You, I'm sorry. The brand, no, the branding. I mean, you went to a conference recently. Yeah. I think a lot of people they undershoot the the reach of LinkedIn. And you went to a conference recently. Maybe you could speak quickly to the reaction of the people there that you didn't even think were watching you. So as I was getting the connections over the years, not only did I connect with people in my area that I want to do business with, also connected with vendors and other like-minded glass people that are abroad all throughout the country, even actually in Europe. And so once a year, we get together at our glass industry Super Bowl called Glass Building. It was in Atlanta. And I was just attendee, I, you know, a paying attendee, not an exhibitor. I wasn't there to give a keynote speech or anything. But walking through that show, there wasn't one booth that I didn't go by where somebody wanted a video, a, a selfie, or say, I see you everywhere. And that spoke volumes to me. I mean, I was there only to take and, and get more information, whereas I was treated like it was my home show. And this was the only thing that changed that was the once a day selfie videos. I've been going to the same conference for 15 years. 
And now I'm treated like a celebrity because I do a 30 second selfie video. Well, hey, thanks for thanks for giving our audience the shove, uh, you know, to get on the platform and be active on video. Hey, let's let's uh, and you do a great job. Um, uh, let's shift maybe if we can to this fear of loss. You brushed me with this concept, and I don't think enough business to business salespeople or marketeers are aware of it and or use it in a way that's that's not gimmicky or manipulative, but in a genuine way to understand really what's meaningful to the customer. Maybe maybe you could speak to that. Yeah. And I like how you said manipulate. If I could just clarify this, you know, the difference between manipulation and persuasion is intent. And our intentions at my architectural glass and my shelter is to provide long lasting relationships that last forever. So we come from a good spot. Um, Daniel Kahneman was a Nobel prize winner in the early nineties and won a Nobel prize on economic theory based on the fear of loss. And what that means, Rick, is if $10 fell right next to you on the floor, it was found money and you picked it up. That feeling that you would get pales in comparison that if I walked in up to you and stole $10 out of your pocket, that, that fear of losing is way more powerful than the equivalent gain. And so how does that work um, in LinkedIn? Why, if everybody agrees that the power of LinkedIn and the content we're shooting can get you so many more opportunities and help your branding, the only logical reason why a salesperson wouldn't be doing this is they're afraid of something. Maybe it's afraid of failing. Maybe it's afraid of being on camera. Maybe it's afraid of being judged by your peers because they're not doing it. Mm-hmm. But I'm certain that almost all of our decisions, if you dig deep enough, are rooted around the fear of loss. So how, how, I, I agree a thousand percent with you. Uh, you know, and sometimes I just was on a call this morning with a gentleman, very successful uh, CEO. And I said, you know, why aren't you on video more? And if I go back to some pool party analogies, sometimes someone needs to just shove you in the pool because so, you can swim. You just need to get that first step. Hey, let's talk about fear of loss, like on a sales perspective. Like, how does that relate in your world? Maybe some examples. Um, I love that, by the way, the, the, the feeling of finding $10 versus someone reaching in. Very understandable. How does that apply kind of in your world of sales? Great. So when I first was on the floor many years ago, you know, back in when I first started, people would come in and I didn't know any better. And I would overwhelm them, overwhelm them with value proposition. You know, we have the best pivot hinges, you know, they got the Cerakote on it so they won't oxidize and our tolerances are so tight. And I would get deals that way, but I think I would also rub some people the wrong way because they didn't actually give a shit about that. And so as I started learning more and getting more into the emotional intelligence side, especially on the fear of loss, I figured that I need to listen more. I think a very good high-level salesperson only talks about 30% of the time. Mm-hmm. And so if I'm listening to what really brought them in there, for instance, customer comes in the showroom, what brings you by today? Well, you know, we just got done remodeling because our, our shower pan was leaking and it ruined our ceiling down in the basement. I'm not going to spend 15 minutes telling them how great our company is and all our accolades. I'm going to take the one benefit that's going to solve that problem and ensure that that problem that they just went through is never going to happen again, which would be our leakage warranty. And this is something that they'll never have to worry about again, because I know that the fear loss is going to be the overwhelming writing decision before they end up making that final, you know, who do we want to use? It's going to be keys to them. The other person didn't mention anything about the, the leakage warranty. And we just went through a three month renovation project that was torture because of a leak. 
that's going to be way more beneficial in my favor than telling them about the hinges and the glass thickness and the cheap price. You know, the cheap price. The price, I just want what's cheapest. No, they don't. No, they don't. Yeah, so, so the fear of uh, taking something away from somebody as opposed to, you know, uh, you know, in, 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 in certain areas, markets, we, you know, you see it all the time, by the way, online, you know, the deal uh, lasts only three days or only while supplies last and at a more advanced level in the tech sector, we'll coach people in their proposals to actually do a downward uh, kind of graphic of a stairway where basically it goes, okay, if you buy this week, you get this many uh, credits. If you buy next week, you get fewer credits and then it goes down. So we're taking away from them as time proceeds, really to create urgency in addition to win the business. Now you had uh, a story, I think, about uh, how you've used it even at home, this fear loss thing. Yeah, so before we deployed all this a couple of years ago on the floor, you know, we got to get our low stakes practice. You know, we, we don't believe that you rise to the occasion, you fall to your highest level of preparation. So Jay and I, my, my cohort that's on a lot of videos with me, had been practicing this, studying it, getting a lot of reps in before we went um, out in the field with it. And one rep that I got with my son, just a quick story is my son's 12 years old. His name's Riley. He's basically addicted to his iPad. Uh, he loves the iPad. Also loves to play outside with his friends, which I encourage. He doesn't so much love to take care of his room, which is something that's important to me, making sure his bed's made, keeping it organized. I think will just bode well for him in the future. And so I get home one day from work and walk by his room and it looks like a dirty toilet. And I know his friends are already outside because I just drove by them and he's sitting at the dinner table with his iPad. And I go up to Riley, very deferential and a how oriented question. And I'm going to trigger the fear of loss. I'm going to say, Riley, uh, how is mommy and daddy supposed to let you go play with your friends if you know you didn't clean your room? He kind of steps there and looks at me and says, um, if I hurry up and clean my room, then I come down and eat. That I can go play with my friends. Like, that's a great idea. And boom. And the fear of, I was subconsciously, almost innocuously telling him, if you don't clean your room, you ain't going anywhere. Uh, but I didn't have to say that. And truth be told, when you do say that, it, it doesn't preserve the other side's autonomy. And even though I might be able to force him into do it, that it's not going to be a good collaboration because he's going to resent me. He's going to hate it. He's going to do it half-assed. Yeah. Whereas the fact that I created it being his idea, he's going to capitulate and he's going to do a good job because he knows it was his idea and he doesn't want to be embarrassed. Okay. And so that's how I'd use the fear of loss. Well, look at what I see online. You're not only an awesome uh, glass professional, but it sounds like you're an awesome dad as well. Um, hey, we talked about fear of failure, people not jumping on LinkedIn for whatever reason. You talked about fear of loss. Something in marketing we, we talk a lot about is this thing called FOMO, fear of missing out. So there's a lot of concepts in there. I just don't think people think about it enough. Now, as we wrap up, by the way, thanks a lot for joining me today. Congrats on what you're doing. Any closing comments uh, to our audience there, Keith? I just want to say, Rick, I really appreciate coming on. I follow you. I love what you're doing on LinkedIn as well. I do have something else I'd love to talk to you about in the future I think is way more important than this. So maybe if you'd have me on your show, I'd be happy to share it with you. You mean... I might be missing out if I don't tune in next time. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, big guy, and your final example. Thanks for joining us for this episode of This Marketing Show. If you enjoyed today's show, please like, share, and subscribe to get the latest B2B insights to help you market and sell to win.